Along with Mike Martini, I'm George Zahn. Thank you, George. Checking on traffic right now, and we have, uh, let's see, we have Coleraine Avenue shut down between, uh, oh, it's just south of North Bend up to West Fork because of an accident. Also, Coleraine at Joseph, an accident. And then on the other side of town, Brotherton at Red Bank, uh, there is an accident. Slowdowns include 71 northbound slow between Smith Edwards and Pfeiffer. And uh, northbound 75 slows up out of downtown between Paddock and Glendale Milford. Uh, from downtown to Paddock and then Glendale Milford to 275. Your weather forecast from the National Weather Service this evening calls for uh, cloudy skies, partly cloudy off and on this evening with a low tonight dipping down into the lower 50s. Tomorrow should be pretty nice, mostly sunny uh, expected. Tomorrow's high around 75. Friday, we uh, could start off with partly cloudy skies, but we're definitely going to cloud up by the end of the day and probably even get some showers and thunderstorms, a 70% chance by uh, Friday night. And then uh, Saturday, a few lingering showers in the morning, but after that system passes through, Saturday afternoon all the way through next Wednesday, looks to be sunny or clear with a high around uh, 85 and lows in the lower 60s. So one more little bout of rain here coming up toward the weekend. Right now we're at 67 degrees here at 89.3 WMKV. The views and discussion expressed on this program do not necessarily represent those of the hosts of the program, WMKV, Maple Knoll Communities, its staff, or management. The information and advice presented are educational in nature and not intended to be taken as legal, accounting, or other professional advice. Always consult with your own legal, accounting, or other professional before making any investment. Welcome to Real Life Real Estate Investing, a show to help you gain financial freedom by investing in real estate. Brought to you by the Real Estate Investors Association of Cincinnati and the Ohio Real Estate Investors Association. You're listening to Real Life Real Estate Investing on 89.3 FM WMKV. And now your host, Vena Jones-Cox. Good afternoon, in fact, this is not Vena Jones-Cox today, although she may be joining me. This is Jim Shapiro, and I was Vena's uh, scheduled guest for today. Uh, we're going to, she was going to interview me about rental property management and how to become a landlord and how to be successful landlording. Uh, honestly, I was fully expecting her to come barging in here any second, and I'm, I'm not sure what happened, so... I am going to interview myself right now. Should be an interesting topic. I hope my guest isn't dull. Uh, the whole topic of landlording is a interesting one. First, let me let me tell you a little bit about my guest today. My guest is the current president of Cincinnati RIA, uh, the Real Estate Investor Association of Greater Cincinnati. He is a full-time property manager and real estate investor, currently managing around 90 or so units, uh, primarily single-family distributed homes, uh, a couple of uh, smaller multifamilies, a 13-unit and some two- and three-unit buildings, a four-unit building, talking to some owners about a couple five-unit buildings. Uh, I started in uh, this business in 2002, where I bought my first rehab, and one of them didn't sell. Actually, one of my very first properties First property sold, the next one didn't, the next one didn't. All of a sudden, I got tired of paying 
mortgages on vacant homes, and I rented them out. Now it's six, seven, eight years later, and I'm managing a hundred of these suckers. It's a, uh, it's an interesting, uh, it's an interesting business. So I'm going to talk a little bit about this, and and I'm also note that uh, I'm involved with the local fair housing community. I'm on the Fair Housing Mediation Service Board of Directors, and I'm involved with the Affordable Housing Advocates Organization. So I'm doing a, a variety of things in the uh, affordable housing. Uh, and rental rental housing community. I also renovate houses. I manage properties for out-of-state owners, for local owners. I do rehabs for these owners in some cases. And I am a licensed realtor. To, to legally manage properties for other people, you have to be uh, a broker, or in my case, I, I manage everything through my broker. My broker happens to be Vena Jones-Cox. And so we do everything the way you're supposed to do it. Uh, and I've got a lot of education in this subject, and, and I encourage anyone who's considering becoming a landlord to get some of the education that's going to help you be successful. Like so many things in uh, in real estate, education is the foundation for success. Uh, and one of the lessons I've learned in real estate, as have so many of my peers and associates and friends, you can learn things the smart way. Or you can learn things the hard way. And in real estate, learning them the hard way, there's an awful lot of expense. It's an expensive way to learn. If you think paying for education is expensive, wait till you get it the school of hard knocks. Because one of the things in real estate is there's a lot of zeros. Nothing we're dealing with are, are inexpensive items. We're talking about things that when they go haywire, you know, it's real easy to have hundreds of dollars of of surprises, and it can be thousands of dollars. You get upside down on a piece of property, you can be looking at huge expenses. So uh, let me uh, let me digress for a second and, and provide some phone numbers if you uh, have questions. Now, because I wasn't planning to be leading this, I do not have my computer, so I cannot get emails sent to the askvina.com website. I can, however, take live calls on the air. Uh, our studio phone number here is uh, in the Cincinnati area. 513-772-9658, 513-772-9658, or toll-free from the uh, outside the area, call 1-877-772-9658, 877-772-9658. Be happy to take your calls. So you're not only hearing at least somebody else's voice on the show tonight besides me. Uh, so let's talk a little bit more about the the landlording. I guess the first question is, you know, why landlord? Uh, and the reason is, it is a easy way, easy being relative, to have a, a side business, to have a side income, to be making real estate investments using a strategy we call buy and hold, as opposed to your short-term strategies of buy and fix. You know, buying cheap, fixing it up and selling it at retail or wholesaling where you're really just buying it very cheap and selling it to a rehabber. You know, landlording is the is the old staple buy and hold. You buy it, you rent it, you keep it for as long as you're able to uh, make it make it work for you. And hopefully over that period of time, the value in the market will have gone up. There will be appreciation. 
You'll have had other benefits, and I'll talk about some of the other benefits of uh, rental property in a second, why it's, we call it the ideal investment. And we are, uh, uh, you know, and, and it creates income. Let me, let me go about why, why we use the acronym IDEAL, I-D-E-A-L. First, it creates income. Uh, that person paying the mortgage, the rent, is paying your mortgage for you. Second, you get the uh, benefit of depreciation. The uh, government uh, considers real estate uh, to be a depreciable asset. So even though in the real world, other than the last six, seven years, real estate appreciates, it goes up in value, from a tax perspective, we're able to depreciate it so that over periods of time, uh, we get a variety of write-offs that can be very attractive. I have some clients who always worked, always had a job and a career, and they bought a few rental properties, and the sa- the depreciation and the losses on the rental properties helped them offset the taxes on their employment income to the point that they were bringing home a lot more of their money. Uh, and it really, I have one client who says he paid for his daughter's college education on his three little rental houses that he bought 20 years ago. Uh, E, you get equity. Hopefully, especially in this market, you can buy with some equity. And then over time, uh, your tenant's paying down your payments, paying the payments, and you're paying down your mortgage, and it's appreciating in the market value while your mortgage is being paid down, and you're building up more and more equity. A... I'm drawing a blank all of a sudden on what A is. Appreciation, there we go. Uh, The value is going up. Your tenant's paying down your mortgage. At the same time, the property value is increasing. So you're getting the benefit of it, especially right now where the prices are as low as they've been in generations, uh, potential for great appreciation. And I'm not talking about speculative type stuff. I'm talking about if you buy smart and you buy right, it'll cash flow well and the value will climb. And, and prices where they are now, as low as they've been in many, many years, maybe the lowest prices we'll see, it'll take another major economic collapse to see the real estate market back where it is now, and it may never be this low again. Over time, historically, real estate has appreciated. And the final benefit is leverage. Leverage is the concept of OPM, other people's money. Most people, when they buy a piece of investment real estate, uh, if they're buying a house for $60,000, they're not pulling a $60,000 check out of their account. They're going to the bank. And maybe they're putting down 10%. Maybe they're putting down 20%. So they put down $12,000, and now they own a piece of real estate that is worth more and is going to be appreciating and generating income and all those benefits that make it ideal. And yet it's mostly the bank's money. If you get into using private loans, you can. there's some very interesting programs for investing with other people's IRAs. You can really be getting uh, no money down. And all your profits, you know, profit is infinite when your out-of-pocket expense up front is, is so small. So we're going to come back in a few minutes and talk a little bit more about that. We're about to take a break. Before I stop, I'll uh, note that uh, I'll be talking further about rental property management at the RIA Real Estate Investor Association meeting of Greater Cincinnati, the first meeting in June. 
And then later in June, I'll be giving you the date in a little while, we'll be doing a full Saturday workshop on this very subject. So I'll talk more about that in a moment. And right now we're going to stop for a quick break. Support for WMKV comes from the Real Estate Investors Association of Greater Cincinnati, presenting its annual trade show on Thursday, May 20th from 6 to 9 p.m. Over 40 vendors will show investors and landlords economically feasible services they use every day. More information about the trade show or becoming a vendor at CincinnatiRIA.com. That's CincinnatiREIA.com. Checking on traffic right now. Watch out for a couple of accidents on Colerain. In fact, one of them has Colerain shut down uh, from just south of North Bend up to uh, or down to the West Fork uh, interchange. Uh, so watch out for that. And then a little farther up, uh, accident Colerain at Joseph. Over on the other side of town, Brotherton at Red Bank, an accident. We have delays northbound 71, Dana to Stewart, Montgomery to Pfeiffer, northbound 75, slow between uh, downtown, out of downtown, up through Paddock off and on, and then between Glendale, Milford, and uh, 275. Weather forecast this evening, cloudy skies uh, off and on tonight. There'll be a partial clearing later on. We had the sun out a little bit uh, about a half hour ago. Tonight's low around 52 degrees. Tomorrow should be a nice day, mostly sunny, with a high of 75 degrees. Friday might start off okay, but by the end of the day, we're going to get some more rain. Uh, another uh, band of showers passing through uh, through Friday night and possibly into Saturday morning. And then after that passes through, looks like uh, uh, clear weather for the next uh, four or five days. Right now, we are at 68 degrees here at 89.3 WMKV. It's the best in music tonight on WMKV 89.3 FM. At 8 p.m. after Mystery Playhouse, it's Hit Parade Highlights. At 9 o'clock tonight, Don't Miss In Concert. And at 10 p.m., Barbershop Harmony. Followed at 11 p.m. by Music Till Midnight. Your favorites are right here every day on 89.3 FM. WMKV, the way radio was and is meant to be. Hi, this is Jim Shapiro, and welcome back to Real Life Real Estate. Uh, I'm here today without Vena Jones-Cox, for reasons I'm not quite sure. I was expecting her today. Uh, she must have had something come up, uh, or she may be stuck out in traffic. I hear there's some traffic messes out there. I am talking today about rental property management uh, landlording. Uh, and we're going to be talking more about this, as I said earlier, at the upcoming June 3rd meeting of Cincinnati RIA. Uh, this week's meeting is our annual vendor night. Uh, so this is not a, uh, a, a traditional meeting where we have speakers, but on June 3rd, I'll be talking about rental property management, and we'll be doing a full day workshop on June 19th. So if it's a Saturday, if you're interested in learning more and getting into a property, owning rental property, uh, go to our RIA website at CincinnatiRIA.com. And there's lots more information. So what do you need to do to get into First, a little bit more, why is this a good time to, to get into rental property? Well, the prices are just so low. We're seeing huge bargains out there. You know, just as many people who got in trouble in the mid-2000s are going to be doing great in the next, you know, in the 2010s and 20-teens because prices are down and... And all these folks are talking about real estate's problem, bad, bad, bad. Let's go back to the basics of investment. Buy low, sell high. This is as low a market 
price range as we're likely to see. So this is a great time. And if you want to learn more about this, besides the workshops I talked about, find if you're not in the Cincinnati area, find your local real estate investor association or investment property organization and, and learn about how to get involved in your market because it's a great time. Besides property prices being down, uh, all those folks that got foreclosed in the last four or five years, they're all living somewhere. Lots of them are renting. And some of them are great tenants because they they knew how to take care of their own home. They were they were homeowners, and now they're back at being tenants. But they might bring a little different attitude to how you live in a rental house than some of the tenants I've had who have always been renters, and they're not always as nice to our houses as we might like. The other thing that's going on is the well, prices are a little bit. Rental prices are a little bit down over the past few years. Between the property value prices being purchase prices down and the market being so strong, uh, I have fewer vacancies right now than I've had in forever. Uh, I just picked up two new properties to add, but I've been down to one or two vacant houses, and I haven't had just one or two vacant houses in a long time. Uh, but turnover's been down. Uh, after the winter, things just filled up and... I know an awful lot of landlords who are having a great market right now. So what do you need to know to get into this business? Well, one, you need to know how to buy right. And that's a topic all into its own, and I'm, I'm not going to really get into that now. Just be aware, many people, as they start thinking about real estate, they don't quite realize how, how good the deals are that are out there and the opportunities that are out there. And the one thing, if you want to get into this business, you can't start out buying at full retail. You need to be buying at a discount, whether you're buying from a distressed seller, buying from a bank, buying from a short sale. There's lots of ways to acquire real estate right now at, at great prices, and you can't go out and pay top dollar and then expect to have it be profitable. You have to start out with some equity. And that's a subject all into its own, and I'm not going to really go there now. Another subject that's important, and it's more than I can really get into today, is how to fix properly for rental and I'm going to cover that a lot more in the Saturday workshop on June 19th. And I'll say this, you need to fix things to be really sturdy. And I'll, I'll go a little bit more into that in a moment. The last thing, and I'll probably spend most of the rest of the show talking about, is how to manage the rental, how to manage it, how to manage tenants, what are the things you need to know, what are the things you need to be cautious about. So let's talk for a little bit quickly about how do you fix up a property for rental. And the biggest thing you need to keep in mind is you're, you're fixing it for a market that may or may not treat it nicely. So you want to fix it to be sturdy. You want to fix it that you're going to best potential for a long-term return on the money you're putting in. So buying the cheapest stuff to put in a rental, yeah, it doesn't always pay because if it's going to break quickly and you end up doing it again, it might have been better to pay a little more up front and get the job done right. Uh, you know, here's a simple example. Screen doors. You can get the $80 screen door. You can get the $120 screen door. You can get the high-end screen doors. Now, I don't put a high-end screen door on, but the $80 screen door, that the first time the wind blows it and it goes wham and it gets bent and it never closes right again, might have been worth spending that extra money to get the $120 door. Uh, or the $80 door, the windows come out, the screens go in, 
and then the windows go in the basement, and then they get broken and lost. Uh, the $120 door, the windows go down right into the door. The screen comes right up out of the door. Everything's self-stored. People aren't losing the screens and windows. And, you know, once you have to go replace a screen or window, you're going to have spent as much on one window replacement as you did, as you saved buying the cheaper door. Uh, flooring. I don't buy the cheapest peel-and-stick tiles. Go for the a little better tile. Go for maybe ceramic tile, depending upon the market. Ceramic tile is long-lasting. It's beautiful. It it takes a lot more beating. Or put down the vinyl commercial tile, uh, VCT. It goes down with mastic. It doesn't peel and stick. One breaks, you can pry it out and put in another one. Uh, the peel and stick stuff, one of the problems with it, besides that it's kind of cheap and chintzy, the patterns change, you know, you could go back in a year and a half and you can't find the same one. And if you don't have any spares, now you've got one of these floors that looks like a mismatch and it's never going to look nice again. So when you're fixing, you need to keep in mind you're not moving in it yourself. You are not the target audience for your rental house. It's a tenant. And unless the tenant, unless the property you're dealing with is in your same sort of marketplace that you would live in, you don't need to make it the way you'd want it, the way your spouse would want it, the way your kids would want it. You are not the market. Uh, in a lower-end, lower-income neighborhood, lower socioeconomic levels, there's going to be a, a harder on the property. Uh, and if you put in the kind of stuff that you and your spouse would love to have, odds are that that other tenant may not quite appreciate how expensive that was and take care of it the way you would. Uh, so you don't want to over-improve. Now, keep this in mind. If five years from now your goal is to buy something, rent it out for a while, and when the market recovers, maybe by 2015, 2016, sell it, well, you want to fix it now to make it rentable. And then when you're ready to sell it, then you go back and make it nice. You go back and do the kitchen update. You do the the nicer counters, you do the nicer flooring, you put in a better grade of carpet. Uh, or you maybe put in carpet. I've, I've come to hate carpet because so many tenants just treat it awful. And you can put $1,500 worth of carpet in a house and then six months later, the next tenant is going to say, I, I, this carpet is gross. I don't want to live in this house. I don't want my kids crawling on this floor. Uh, paint stains, just you name it. And or worse things, bed bugs. Uh, you want to try to, you know, I I first got into the business and I heard about people painting floors. I thought, oh, that's terrible. Now I've got houses where a nicely clean floor and let the tenant buy their own area rug. They might treat it differently when they spend the money on it because I know they won't treat my wall-to-wall -wall carpeting the way I would treat it. I grew up in a house. We had the same carpet for practically my whole time growing up. And... Now I see tenants, 6 months, 12 months, 18 months. I'm lucky if the next person moving into the house can live in the same carpet. So let's uh, um, let's talk a little bit about the what do you need to know to be the landlord, to manage the property for yourself, to have uh, a successful and not a horrible experience. Because landlording can be a tough business, kind of depends whether you're running the show or your tenants are running the show. If 
you don't get control and, and set expectations and work with your tenants to understand that, then you are, uh, you're going to have a, a challenge. And, and those are the, some of the things you want to learn is how do I do this? Uh, let's talk a little bit first about preparing the house. You want to make it look nice. You want to have it – some people do some staging. They might put in some temporary furniture. Uh, make it look attractive. Even if that's just simply putting some hand towels in the bathroom, in the kitchen, some dish towels, some floor mats, a shower curtain. Uh, I like putting up window blinds. Uh, in my lower-income neighborhoods, I like that because it means when I come back a month after the tenant moved in, I'm not going to see sheets hanging on the window. There's nothing quite so unattractive as a house where all the windows are covered with sheets and blankets. And I just consider those, you know, I buy the 6 $7 blinds at the local big box store or the dollar store, and I know that half of them are going to get damaged, and that's just part of the cost of doing business. Uh, I don't buy the high-end blinds that will take a beating because they may not take enough beating to justify the, the price, and... I just consider them a disposable, unfortunately. Not that I like doing that. But if I have 10 in a house and three or four need to be replaced after a tenant, oh well. Between the kids and the dogs, uh, they get bent and broken. And that's just... But it looks so much nicer for that person coming in to not see all these barren windows and not be thinking, oh my God, I've got to go out and buy curtains for every window in this house. Or not have the money to buy curtains and end up hanging sheets and towels over their windows. The next thing you do after you have your property ready, and also curb appeal, like anything else in real estate, does it look nice? When that person pulls up in front of the house, if they're like, oh, look at this, it's awful, they may not. you may not attract the kind of tenant you want if your property looks bad, if the yard's a wreck, if it's all dirt, if there's no trees. I see these little houses with uh, nothing in front of them. The, the grass goes right up to the brick house. Yeah, putting in thirty dollars or forty dollars worth of bushes, you uh, you can just you know the little the inexpensive ones they're not very big to start with, but two three years down the pike they're looking nice. At the point you're ready to be selling the house, you now have some mature shrubs in front of the house. Dress it up a little bit. Again, this depends on the neighborhood and depends on the market you're dealing with. Uh, sometimes you can drive through neighborhoods that don't have a lot of rentals and you can pick out the rentals because they look barren compared to the other homes. And that doesn't help you because you're not going to get the kind of tenants you may want and your neighbors aren't going to be all that excited about what you're doing. Uh, we can't control the neighbors. Uh, lots of people don't like rental housing. Keep in mind, I live in Cincinnati. 60% of Cincinnatians are renters. Uh, nationally, the average is around 40%. So there are tenants in every neighborhood in our city, in our communities, we just don't always know because the good tenants take good care of their homes and the neighbors don't even realize. Uh, we're about to take another break, so before I go on break, let me just uh, repeat the numbers. I'm open to, excited to get some calls. Feel free to call us at uh, in the Cincinnati area, 513-772-9658, or toll-free from outside the metro region at 877-772-9658. Maple Knoll Home Health is proud to support programming on WMKV. Maple Knoll Home Health, a home care agency for older adults, specializes in maintaining the health and independence of its clients in their very own homes. 
More information on Maple Knoll Home Health is available at 513-782-2546. Once again, that is 513-782-2546. Check it on traffic. We still have accidents in the same spots, including uh, Coleraine closed between south of North Bend to West Fork. So down the hill there between North Bend and West Fork, uh, just south of North Bend, there is an accident, and that has Coleraine shut down there for the moment. A little farther up on Coleraine near Joseph, uh, there is another accident, and then Brotherton at Red Bank, our third accident. Uh, among the backups, a uh, little Norwood lateral, a little heavier than usual this afternoon, westbound between Paddock and 75, and uh, traffic, of course, uh, building up uh, southbound 75. We talked about northbound 75, southbound 75 between Ezra Charles and the Brent Spence Bridge. Your weather forecast this evening, uh, partly cloudy, cloudy uh, this evening. will gradually clear by around midnight. Tonight's low 52, leaving us with a nice day tomorrow, sunny skies and a high of 75. A little rain beginning uh, middle of the day Friday into Friday night and then possibly into Saturday morning. Uh, Friday's high will be around uh, 72 degrees. Saturday's high about uh, 78. And then uh, after that moves through Sunday, Monday, Tuesday, and Wednesday, all look good. Sunny skies each day with highs around 80 to 85 degrees. Right now it's 67 degrees here at 89.3 WMKV. WMKV celebrates its 15th year with two luxury cruises aboard the Satisfaction 2 yacht on the Ohio River Thursday, June 10th. We still have some seats left for afternoon and evening members-only cruises to support WMKV. You'll enjoy a cruise that departs from the Panama Landing off of Kellogg Avenue. The cruise will take you downriver to see the Cincinnati and Northern Kentucky skylines and it includes open bar a lavish buffet, and two decks of sightseeing, friends, and luxurious fun. You'll be on with other WMKV listeners on this exclusive and exquisite cruise on the Satisfaction 2 yacht. Each all-inclusive ticket is $90 per person for the afternoon and $108 per person for the evening cruise and directly supports WMKV Radio. So call today to reserve your tickets, singles, couples, or even a table of friends or family. The number is 513-782-2427, 513-782-2427. And we'll see you on the river June 10th with WMKV. Hi, welcome back to Real Life Real Estate Investing. With your host today, filling in for Vina, is Jim Shapiro, who's also interviewing himself. Uh, our topic today is rental properties, rental property management, landlording. Uh, we're talking a little bit about once you have a property and you're working to, to manage it, what do you got to do? And the first thing you need to do is fill it. You need to find people. There's a lot of basics to that. Uh, put up a sign in the front yard. That's the easiest way and the lowest cost way. We get a lot of our tenants from that $18 for rent sign with your name and phone number. You don't need your name. Your phone number and some key features about the house. You want to try to give people as much information as you can to avoid the phone call saying, how many bedrooms is that house? If it says three bedroom, two bath, finished basement, and, and even maybe uh, the price. I don't often put the price because prices change and I don't want to have to go throw out the sign. Uh, and you can if you don't have very many and you're not doing a lot. I go through a lot of these things. Uh, put a price on there so people will know, gee, 
I need a four bed. This is a three bed. I don't need to bother calling because you don't really want to get all those phone calls. Hi, I saw your sign. And you spend five minutes on the phone and they say, oh, it's only a three bedroom. Oh, I need a four bedroom. And you've wasted a lot of time. Uh, they've interrupted your dinner. They're annoying your family. Uh, you want to give as much information out in whatever way you can before you're actually talking to people. And the sign's an, one easy way. Inexpensive, and you know, we see them all over. There's a reason they're so common. Another is uh, the web. The web has become the single best way to to market rental properties. There are a lot of websites out there. Uh, I'm not sure if I can give the names of some of these sites right now on the uh, internet. I, I guess uh, I guess so. It's public radio. But these are free sites. Uh, Craigslist is probably the most common. Uh, Craigslist.com. They started out of San Francisco. They are the uh, free internet classified uh, for all sorts of subjects. And there's lots of housing information out there. And I need to be careful on the web because there's also scams out there. And I'll, I can talk about that a little bit more. Uh, I use postlets.com, a wonderful free website. Uh, and it populates eight other different websites or nine other different websites. Two, three years ago when I started using the Internet, I had almost no response. Now we probably get half of our response via the Internet. It's just become a dramatic shift over the last few years in every price range and socioeconomic level. Uh, I have low-income tenants who have computers. The other thing is it, it kind of becomes its own self-screening. Uh, people that are applying, getting information over the Internet, they're, they're Internet savvy. They've got some level of what, whatever that tells us about their, their socioeconomic level, their, their education level. Uh, not that I have some great tenants who don't have computers and don't use that. And it becomes a nice... I have become a big fan because I like to have my tenants emailing me. Uh, I have a lot of phone calls. If I can get an email saying, Jim, uh, the kitchen sink is leaking, and I can respond back and say, great, I'll take care of it, and then I forward that email to my contractor who does the repairs. I've got all my contractors now using email. And I have just taken care of, you know, instead of getting a phone call and a voicemail and calling them back and getting their voicemail, we go back and forth and we finally talk. And then I got to make phone calls to the contractors. I love email for tenant communication. Uh, so then I got uh, the web. Also, it's a way I can post information about our tenant screening criteria, what I'm looking for. I can have pictures of the property. I can have directions how to get there. Things that I used to have to spend several minutes talking to people about. All that information can be online. And now at the point that they've called me, they've gone through and they know I'm looking for three times the rent as income. I'm looking for a good landlord history. I'm looking for a clear public record background. I'm looking for stable employment. They've, they've had a chance to read my criteria, and so I don't have to spend as much time talking about those things. Newspapers are always a good method. They're also the most expensive method of all. Uh, uh, four Sunday ads can be $140, $150 in our local paper. And our local paper knows they've got a monopoly and, and their classifieds are expensive. And that classifieds are what they once were because, keep this in mind, uh, in Cincinnati, they, two days a week they don't even have a classified section anymore. There just wasn't enough business. The rental classified is smaller than ever and the homes for sale classified 
is much smaller than it used to be because so much information is posted online at a much lower price. Uh, small local papers, if you've got a community newspaper in your area, uh, sometimes they're also free. And now you're, you know, now you're starting to be in a target, targeted marketing. In some of our, our northern suburbs that are a little further away, they've got their own little paper. People are as likely to read that, especially when it's free, as they are the, the city paper, the Inquirer. I run my rental ads on Sunday only. Used to run Friday, Saturday, Sunday. There used to be a real estate section on Wednesdays. There isn't any more, I don't think. Uh, and so we have uh, we we use the the Sunday paper. Also, I have people call me up about an ad in the paper a month ago because the Sunday papers seem to linger out there, and people will call and say, oh, "That was all. We we rented that house weeks ago." They're like, "Oh, I'm looking at it in the paper," and they're looking at a four week old paper. Okay. Funny how often that happens. One of the other things of. I'm sorry, I got a question coming in here. Uh, once you've got people coming in, you're going to start showing the unit. Uh, showing the unit is always an adventure. Uh, it's a you get some good feedback, you get to meet people, and you have uh, a lot of time to get involved in that. I used to show units. Uh, half the people didn't show up at all. Uh, so I started doing a process where I'd say to them, okay, I'll meet you Thursday at 4, and what I need you to do is call me Thursday at 3 and confirm. If you don't call me Thursday at 3, I will not be there at 4. I also don't set an hour window. If they want to meet me at 4, I'll say I'll be there from 4 to 4.15. If you're not going to make it, you need to let me know. It used to be I'd go 4, 4.15, 4.30, 4.45, between the half hour I spent getting ready and getting there and the half hour to get home, it became a two-and-a-half-hour experience, and they didn't show. So when I started doing the... And I had 25 to 50% no-shows. wasn't unusual. When I said, okay, if you don't call me an hour before, and if they didn't call me, I might call them and confirm. Now, I still had people who would say, I'll be there in an hour and not make it, and I had a lot less of those. So that was a real positive step. I, I started doing the confirmation. Another way is to do open houses. Say we'll be there from on Tuesday night from 6 to 9 or 6 to 8. You don't need to do a three-hour window. Uh, sometimes I just do a one-hour window because if you say you'll be there from 6 to 8, people will show up at 7.55. If you say you'll be there from 6 to 7, they'll show up at 6.55. Well, you didn't need to wait another hour for them to show up for the last five minutes. So give it a tight window. You can linger a little while. You can wait an extra 20 minutes or so. But you don't uh, don't leave it wide open because people will, if you give them a three-hour window, though, you'll be waiting there forever. Uh, we got a call. We got a question from Chris. Hello? Hi, Chris. Hello? Hi. I can hear you. Do you have your radio on? How do we hear you? Uh, you might want to turn down your radio. Wait a minute. We're we're changing something here. We're having some technical difficulties. Uh, hang on one second, Chris. Uh, our sound engineer is figuring this out. Let me before we, uh, Chris, if you don't mind holding, I'll, I'll talk about one other subject while we're waiting. Wait a minute, Chris, are you there? Chris. Hello. Hi, Chris. You're on the air. Welcome to Real Life Real Estate. 
Well, I guess you're not on the air. We seem to have lost Chris. Uh, let's maybe maybe she'll call back. She wanted to ask about inter- installing internet access into homes that you have. Okay, I understand. Chris's question was about installing internet access into homes that we manage. You know, that's an interesting question. For the most part, I leave that to the tenants. They want to have cable TV, they call the cable company. They want to have internet, they get the cable company. They can get it through the phone company, DSL, uh, however they want. Uh, they, you know, there's there's a lot of companies out there offering internet access, bundled with their cable or bundled with their telephone. And I leave that up to them. I'll put in a Time Warner, and they'll say, oh, they want Directv. I'll put in Directv. They wanted Cincinnati Bell's DSL service. Uh, I would just leave that as a, as a topic for the tenant, and like all the other utilities, they're responsible. They pay. Uh, there's no special need to do anything, uh, and typically it's going to be the same kind of wiring, you know, for their cable and their phone. And there's nothing special that we need to do. We're about to take a, another break, so before uh, before we break, I'll I'll repeat our numbers. If you have questions, please do call us at five one three seven seven two nine six five eight, or outside the Cincinnati area at one eight hundred eight seven 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 two nine six five eight. Uh, we're here in the WMKV studios, and we'd love to have your calls. Uh, I am Jim Shapiro. This is Real Life Real Estate Investing. We'll be back in a moment. Support comes from St. Vincent de Paul. In today's difficult economy, local families who have never had to ask for help are now in desperate need of food, clothing, and shelter. St. Vincent de Paul's vehicle donation program is a way for you to help. By donating your unneeded car, truck, or motorcycle, you can ensure that a needy family gets help with the basics to survive and may qualify for a tax deduction. For a free pickup, St. Vincent de Paul, 513-421-CARE. That's 513-421-CARE. Checking on traffic right now, we have an accident on Colrain. Again, Colrain shut down between North Bend and West Fork. Uh, so uh, certainly avoid that area if you can going down the hill. Uh, we have delays in the usual spots this afternoon, starting to improve a little bit at this late hour. Your weather forecast from the National Weather Service calls for cloudy skies, partly cloudy uh, mix this evening. Clearing, though, by midnight. Tonight's low around 52. And then tomorrow, sunny skies with a high of 75. And then our next little uh, bout with rain, midday Friday into possibly early morning Saturday. And after that, uh, some nice weather uh, expected between Sunday all the way through the middle of next week. But right now we're at 68 degrees and a little overcast here at 89.3 WMKV. Hi, welcome back to Real Life Real Estate Investing. This is Jim Shapiro filling in for Vena Jones-Cox. Our topic today is rental property management or landlording. And I'm looking at the list of topics I could talk about, and I'm thinking, gosh, I've got about 10 or 12 minutes left. And I guess this is why we're doing a full-day workshop on this on June 19th, because there's no way I can cover as much as I'd like to. So if you're interested in this subject and you want to learn more, please... uh, Go to the Cincinnati RIA website at cincinnatiria.com and look for our, our upcoming workshop. Uh, I'll be speaking June 3rd on this very subject during the, I believe, the 6 o'clock meeting. And then on June 19th, I'm doing a full-day uh, Saturday workshop. I believe it's $95 for one and a little bit more for two. 
Uh, we're probably going to have a good crowd. It's such a hot topic right now. And we're going to be going into much more detail on all of these subjects, including all the subjects I'm not going to get to. So let me talk a little bit about some key things you'll need to know. And obviously, I'm not going to be able to get into much detail. Once you start actually showing a unit, you're going to need to have an application so you can get people's information and then screen them. Oh, you need to have a tenant screening process because tenant screening is probably the single most important thing you're going to do. Picking the right tenant is the most important part of having a rental property. A bad tenant is a nightmare. It will be expensive. It will be frustrating. It will uh, take your time and your money and your energy. More landlords get out of landlording, get out of the investment they put into the rental property business totally after having horrible experiences with tenants. And you know, often our rental properties are in the lower income marketplace. And that that's a marketplace that you need to be particularly vigilant. Uh, so then the tenant screening process, as I said, my criteria, we look for a, a income of three times the rent. We look for a uh, good landlord history because if they were good to their last landlord, they'll like to be good to this landlord. Chris Beck? Uh, Robert. Oh, we've got a caller coming in. I'm going to stop for a second. Let me uh, take Robert's call. Uh, Robert, welcome to Real Life Real Estate. Thank you. Uh, Jim, I got a question, please. Uh, how how would I go about evaluating or interviewing for property managers? What what should I be looking for? What should I be asking them? Well, that's a good question, and you know, I'm in this industry. Uh, you want to get some references. Okay. Some people call property management a license to steal. There are good property managers, and there are not so good property managers, like in every industry. Uh, and it's not an easy business. Uh, the margins are slim, and when things go haywire, there's there's a lot of expenses for the property manager and for the owner. Uh, I would be looking at you know how many properties are they managing, what's their background. I'd ask to understand their tenant screening processes and their leasing processes. Uh, make sure they've got a, a good lease that they're carefully screening their tenants. They're not. Now, I talked to some folks who had a. One of my clients, he's got six properties. He's out of New Jersey, so he's not local. And when I first met him last summer, five of his six properties were vacant. And his property manager uh, was not doing a very good job for him. He had a lot of problems. Then they somehow they managed to fill three or four houses in a month. And they're all in a similar neighborhood, so they're all competing for kind of the same market. And... You know, one of those tenants moved in, and within three months, she was gone. Uh, whatever he did to turn over that unit and make it nice for her didn't last very long. So, you know, they, the one of the lessons, there's some lessons in real estate that I learned, and I didn't quite understand them in the beginning, and now I can feel them in my gut, and that's how I know I really understand them. And one is the lesson that a bad tenant is worse than a vacant unit. You know, a vacant unit can only cost you what the monthly mortgage is and the utilities and whatever holding costs. A bad tenant can cost you hundreds and thousands of dollars. Uh, they can do more damage than you can imagine. So you want to, you know, and, and I would ask for some references. Ask for some other clients that they're working with. Uh, ask for, uh, the, you know, the names and, and to talk to some other clients and see what they say. I would go look on the uh, clerk of court, see whether they've been, 
You know, now you're going to probably see their name listed a lot because they're probably suing their tenants for eviction. And but if you see them, you know, suing owners or owners suing them, that would be a concern. Um, I would go to the Better Business Bureau and see if they've got a good reputation. They should be licensed. Uh, they licensed in terms of uh, licensed real estate brokerage. Uh, some people are doing property management uh, on their own without a without a license, and that's not legal in the state of Ohio. It's a civil offense. I don't believe it's a criminal offense. I'm not sure they're going to throw throw them in jail, but they don't have the background and education that the state says they're supposed to have to do property management for other people. Uh, are they? Versant in fair housing law, which I haven't spoken about at all. Uh, and so that's a key topic because a fair housing violation can be very expensive for the owner and for the property manager. And you don't want to be dealing with people who aren't, aren't committed to doing that right. Uh, that's my personal feeling. Uh, you want to ask them their philosophy for repairs and, and maintenance and how they take care of things whether they have in-house crews, whether they use exterior crews, uh, how are the, how's the rate structure. Uh, I do things in a cost plus. If it costs me $100, I charge my client 120 Other people have a $65 an hour minimum service charge for anything that happens and one hour minimum, sometimes two hour minimum. Uh, so a guy can go to a house and spend 10 minutes there and it's going to cost $65 plus a trip charge, plus mileage, plus uh, other overhead. Others are, are have different rate structures. for. So I've heard of lots of different models for how the repairs and maintenance are done. Some will let the owner do things themselves. Uh, others say, no, if I'm doing it, I have to do it all. Mm -hmm. That give you some good things to think about? Yes, it does. Now, uh, one of the things you said was uh, you, need, uh, you need to be licensed to do this. Correct. So, so if... If I have a property that is uh, in the listed or owned by an LLC, which I created, am I or am I not permitted to to manage that property? First, I'm going to say I am not an attorney. However, that being said, as as a member of the LLC or as an employee of the LLC, the LLC owns the property, and you can work for the LLC to manage the property as their employee. You're not managing for another party, you are a member or an employee of that LLC. Uh, and I believe that is okay. Uh, now, realtors can get in a challenge because a realtor is not supposed to manage for other people without it going through the brokerage. And I, I have one friend who gave up his license because the division of real estate came after him over that. Uh, they said, since the LLC owns the property, you don't own it, so you can't manage it uh, without it going through a brokerage. However, for individuals, uh, they're not covered by the, the laws of real, realtor rules for the Division of Department of Commerce, Division of Real Estate, and, and that shouldn't be a problem. Most of us own our rental property and LLCs and manage it f through our relationship with our LLC. Okay, so you think that should be okay? Then? Yes, I believe that's okay. Okay. All right, thank you. You're very welcome. Yeah, goodbye. Bye-bye. We've got uh, a few minutes left, two, three minutes left, so I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to talk a little bit about this, a whole list of things that you need to know that I'm obviously not going to get to cover right now. Uh, I guess a tenant screening. Boy, that's a biggie. How you screen the tenants, looking them up on uh, clerk of court, 
checking their landlords, confirming that their landlord is really the landlord and not their best friend who they get the phone number down for, uh, that the landlord that they said actually owns the property or is the manager for the owner. Uh, we do. We can spend two to four hours cross-checking on references, and if there's more than two or three people, it can take even longer. Uh, looking at the auditor, the clerk of courts, the uh, various other online resources, tracking people down, uh, looking at sales, it, it can be an interesting uh, exercise. Uh, you need to understand uh, a lease. You have to have a lease that you're comfortable with, that meets uh, your your laws of your community and your state, your city. Uh, some cities have specific laws on topics. For example, in Cincinnati, there's a law on lease option that's only in the city of Cincinnati. Uh, you need to know that you've got to provide a, a lead disclosure and a protect your family from home lead pamphlet, or you are violating federal law. Uh, you need to understand some fair housing and make sure you don't get yourself awry of the various fair housing regulations. Uh, the lease is a key tool because the lease, now there's simple leases, one-page, two-page leases, and then there's investor leases I've seen that run seven to 12 pages. I use a seven-page lease. My lease is my training document. It is how I tell my tenant what I expect, how they take care of the house, how they take care of the yard, how they take care of all the different things that they need to do. And the lease is where I explained it all to them, and it's where they say, yes, they'll agree to do all that stuff. I could have a separate piece of paper that says, here's what I expect, but they don't sign that. It's not a legal document. Uh, biggest thing is how to be responsive. Biggest reason people move is the landlord never fixes anything. So I am running out of time. So before I take this last break, I want to, again, repeat, uh, my name is Jim Shapiro. I'm uh, locally involved with the Cincinnati Real Estate Investor Association. I'm the president this year. I am teaching a class on this very subject on June 19th. If you're interested in, in more information, please go to the CincinnatiRIA.com website. Uh, I'll be speaking at the meeting on June 3rd and teaching a full-day workshop for $95 uh, on June 19th. So with that, I'm uh, running out of time here. Thank you very much for joining us on Real Life Real Estate, and may all your investments be successful. This is 89.3 WMKV, Reading, Ohio. To let me um, hold Sarah's hand and talk to her. A dramatic day in court after Sarah Widmer's mother takes the stand in the murder retrial of her son-in-law. Good evening, I'm Trisha Mackey. The prosecution has wrapped up its case in the murder retrial of Ryan Widmer with more doctors and the most 